Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Thursday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZFB. We're looking back at Wednesday. Um, the the brain drain uh, continues, um, but is, is the grass always greener? Uh, the kind of aid we send to, the, to Ukraine in these times, are we doing enough? This is a question that also keeps being asked. And uh, Marcus has discovered smartphones, I think, and he's addicted to games. But before any of that, um, did anything else interesting happen yesterday? Uh, I wonder if Kate saw this coming. Bloomfield said they want to get to the other end and see it through. So you see what I mean? The goalposts just keep changing. Worst of all, though, I reckon, is the lack of any real understanding of the impact of this on events, hospo, indoor sports, all the people held back by the red light. Regrettably, Bloomfield said when he uh, had this put to him, we're not holding the country back from anything. Can you believe he said that? And that's the saddest part of all, that this Wellington echo chamber actually believes that. We're not holding the country back from anything. That they think a red light has no impact on people's lives. That's just so dismissive, I reckon, of every single person in business struggling and hemorrhaging right now. Bloomfield argued a lot was happening for business out there. He said it's just an indoor cap in red, as though an indoor cap is just no big deal at all. Well, I'd love him to go into a nightclub unable to make any money or an orchestral group unable to hold events or any number of indoor sporting fixtures and tell them that to their faces that it's, you know, no big deal. I know there's been a disconnect between the government and its lackeys and the rest of us for a while now, but this sort of condescending rejection of a red light having no impact is not only naive, it's actually cruel. Hawksby. They've lost the plot, quite frankly. Yeah, um... I think I've already talked about this, but um, let's talk about it again because it was just so outrageous that Bloomfield, you know, said we're not holding the country back from anything, and um, that was very uh, revelatory. And um, basically, I think you still too big to take full credit for his resignation. I think that's how that works. Um, I think so. Is that right? Is that how Andrew Dickens sees it? The joining of a politician with a technocrat was perhaps the reason our response worked so well in the initial stages. Because we believed Ashley in a way we'd never believe a politician. So he was the right man for the right moment. But that moment has passed and he saw it and he made the decision last year. It has become evident that the health system he presides over is deeply flawed. It's so flawed, the government is redesigning it. And Ashley is the boss of that system. So it seems obvious that he's going to go if there's any redesigning. The Roche Simpson report also said to me that the ministry and the department were leading the boss, Ashley Astray, while at the same time not listening to what the boss was promising on that podium. And that can't continue. And nor can the boss. So a new structure will emerge. And what I would hope is that Ashley's job is split in two. That the medical advice part, the Dr. Ashley Bloom part, is, Bloomfield part is put to one side. And the actual structural management of a beast of a ministry, which is the Ministry of Health, is put to another side and given to a real technocrat. Because it's a difficult job, an exhausting job, a job that has exhausted Ashley. But for now, it is Ashley's day. And he's still here for another four months. And we can all say, well done, that man. 
And as Chris Hipkins has already said, he deserves a beer. Oh, yeah, I suppose. All right. I guess Andrew's kind of got a point. It was probably a bit much to expect somebody to be on top of a whole lot of health concerns and a whole lot of sort of management, logistical, statistical concerns as well. One minute you're blaming, you're blaming him for the outbreak, the next minute you're blaming him for people running away from MIQ. So it's, you know, it's not, how is that all part of the same job? That does seem... Yeah, he's made me think now, Andrew Dickens. God damn it. I hate thinking. It's, I've got a headache coming on now. It's probably, probably just my brain. Uh, I should send it to another country. That's what we've been talking about, isn't it? The grass isn't always greener, though, is it? People love saying that, don't they? I'm from the South Island. Um, I went to Canterbury University and I um, graduated in 1990. And... Ooh. So I'm a bit of an old guy, <laughs> but um, I um, had real trouble finding work back then. I don't know if you guys remember, unemployment was really high yep. back then. Mm. It was in the double digits. And yep. so I um, got a job. I mean, I opened up the newspaper looking for a job and I saw a, a position in Japan, which I thought I, I, I've always liked. Um, travel. So I thought I'll just take the opportunity. And so I came over here for a couple of years and I just taught English, which was the most common thing that people did back then. But then I went back to New Zealand and I went and trained myself into the uh, technology industry. And I started working in Auckland um, in a bank. And um, I ended up coming back to Japan in the year 2000. I've been here since then. So I've been here 22 years now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Where are you in Japan? Tokyo. Tokyo, okay, right. right. Yep. Okay. Um, and within that 22 years, I have managed to buy a house, and I'm now mortgage-free, and have three investment properties, all mortgage-free, within 22 years. What's so, your what's your income? I mean, that's an awful question to ask, but do you mind us asking? Um, I guess I hope not too many people are listening and know me, but um, uh, it's I'm lucky that I work in an investment bank, right? Um, so it's relatively good, put it yeah. that way. Oh, see, I was getting ready to make all these funny jokes, just hilarious jokes about uh, the brain drain and how because I yeah I did some hilarious jokes about it the other day about how it's funny that we call it the brain drain, but it's not always people going out to a way to do brainy things. It sounds like he's like technical and an investment banker and it's probably quite smart and that it probably actually is a brain drain and that we're not getting the benefit of his brain and Japan is. And now I can't make some work. I'm going to say all these that are so funny. Now I don't get to do that. And I'm not going to be able to say anything funny about what kind of aid we're sending to Ukraine, am I? You know, our Prime Minister, she would wait in there if she could. If she thought she could. She would be in their boots and all decrying Putin. But she's not, and there has to be a reason for that. And that is that she doesn't have the luxury that you and I have of being able to have our opinions, have our reckons, there are no consequences of, of you calling in and saying, of course he must be declared a war criminal. That's what he is. 
They are if the Prime Minister does so. I mean, I'd, you know, be for sending the missiles and perhaps using the mealy-mouthed words of diplomacy to show you disapprove without actually coming out with words that will have international consequences. Oh, come on, guys. Now, Kerry Woodham's being reasonable and making good arguments and having a sort of a balanced point of view about things and, and not necessarily wanting to just bomb Russia with everything that we've got, which is not much. What's going on? What am I supposed to make fun of if people could just keep making good points in an intelligent, well-thought-out way? Thank God Marcus is addicted to his phone at the moment. We're talking getting hooked on video games because, yeah, and, and, and who spent... I mean, none of it's good because at the end of the day, if you're using video games to make yourself feel better about yourself, think, oh, I'm a wizard, I've managed to knock down 5,000 balls or something. I mean, it's not good. Very addictive. And a total waste of time. See, I'm doing it now. I have to get the, I have to text the boss and say, look, can you put some sort of no video game thing condition in my contract? Otherwise, um, anyway. Wow. I never thought that it would come to this. Marcus admitting that he plays games on his phone while he's... Is that why, you know, how he does all those long pauses in between sentences? Is that he's just trying to level up? Is that what's going on there? All right, man. What kind of phone he's got? That's what I want to know now. I reckon he's a Samsung man or an Apple man. Um, probably something with a decent sized screen. He's probably not going the new iPhone SE. That's a bit small for gaming. Must, be, must, must have quite a flash phone. Mm. I'll, try, I'll try and find out. I won't. I won't try and find out. It's a, that's even probably... It's probably even more of a waste of my time trying to find out what kind of phone Marcus is using to play games than it would be if I was actually just playing games. So let's forget all of that just happened. Um, that has been News to What's Been, and we'll be back with more time wasting tomorrow. See you then.